Hello, and welcome to episode three of I Want My Mommy. I'm so glad you could join me today. Now, as a precursor to my episodes, for the sake of clarification about my expertise, I need to make it clear to listeners that everything I express is strictly based on my own life experience. I draw context for this podcast from the lessons I've learned from my own personal journey. I tell stories, provide examples, suggest possible methods of dealing with hardships and emotional struggles related to the lack of a healthy maternal bond. This podcast is not the place to seek professional counseling. I don't have the credentials to give anyone professional therapy. If you're in need of such therapeutic treatment, please call your local mental health hotline or your regular healthcare provider for a referral to a mental health care professional. That said, let's get into today's topic. You are not broken. What could be more broken than a baby bird that has fallen out of or been cast out of the nest before it has learned to fly on its own? Well, that's one of several analogies I use when describing how it can feel to be motherless. Much like an abandoned bird who's experienced a harsh and painful fall and now must face the dangers on the ground, without the help and protection of one who's supposed to be preparing them for a safe and successful launch at the proper time, a motherless child can experience a traumatic introduction to life, the reality of which, without the right start, can seem as though one is surrounded by predators and vulnerable to the event to the elements at all times. And for many, it's also as though they started out with a broken wing that was never set right. And because of that, they can never learn to fly. Because, essentially, they are broken. Right? Feels like it, doesn't it? There are many types of motherlessness, and each person's experience is different when it comes to the details. But the fundamental lack of the unconditional love that mother that mother bond represents is basically the same. It results in a lifelong sense of feeling less than, unworthy of love in general, eternally thirsty for emotional fulfillment, emptiness, sorrow, shame, even self-loathing for some. There can also be an ever-present fear and distrust of, well, everyone and everything. Broken-hearted, broken self-esteem, broken in too many ways to count. That is the ever-present wound, the only one through which perhaps you are perceiving life. At some point, as you might already know, that just becomes unsustainable. You probably started to make adjustments for better or worse, being simply compelled to evolve because that's just a lousy way to travel through life, feeling like you're somehow just broken. The lack of love you've always felt and the damage that it's caused needs to heal so that you can Go on to live in the world without the filter of your own wound. If you're tuning in today, chances are you're ready to make that change.
let me start by saying to you, you're not broken. I'll say it again so you can let it sink in. You're not broken. And you don't need fixing. Now, I want you to take a deep breath and just say that to yourself as many times as you need to until you start to feel the truth of it. Say it with me. I'm not broken. Again. I'm not broken. You might have started off with some extra challenges, but that's not your fault. None of this mess is your fault. So, how can you begin to move forward with a slight change to your mindset that will make a very positive difference? You remember this. Do only the things that are in your control. Starting with this little change in perspective about broken stuff. In Japan, broken objects are repaired with gold so that the flaw is seen as a unique piece of the object's history and adds to its overall beauty. This practice is called kintsugi. If a ceramic bowl gets dropped on the floor and breaks into several pieces, they don't throw it away. They glue it back together, but with gold. It becomes more beautiful and more valuable than it was before it broke. Broken doesn't mean bad or without worth. Broken means a chance to become better, greater, exceptional. If you want to delve deeper into this inspirational process, I suggest reading one of the many books on the subject. Just search Kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. But search online or perhaps at your local library. You'll enjoy reading about it as much as I did. Here's another. Chihonti. Don't know if I pronounced that correctly either. My apologies. Chionti is the Navajo word for the art of deliberate imperfection. The direct translation is spirit line. In Navajo weavings of textiles, they intentionally place a flaw into their creation. Usually a single line that extends from the pattern to the edge of the rug or blanket or other woven product. It serves two purposes. One is to allow the weaver's spirit a route to escape the finished piece because part of her being is woven into her creation while she's making it. The other generally relatable idea is that people spend too much time attempting to perfect the small things in order to appear perfect, which results in missing out on the more important things in life. After all, it is through our imperfections that our spirit finds its way. Is it not? You are not and were never truly broken, and you do not need fixing. What you need, what we all need, is to be our own mother in a way. Our spirit already contains everything it will ever need within it. If there is no external source of unconditional motherly love for you, then you must go inside to find what you think you are missing. Author and speaker Mike Dooley writes, Quote, 
When you show yourself unconditional love and compassion, old, unhelpful patterns of thought and behavior naturally begin to fade away. End quote. I'm not telling you that you don't need or shouldn't cultivate healthy, loving relationships with others in your life. Quite the contrary, actually. You'll find that once you've created a strong foundation of self-nurturing, self-acceptance, and self-love to heal your fractured parts, you'll have such an easy time of creating positive, healthy relationships with other loving people. I have this vivid memory from when I was in kindergarten. There was a neighborhood carpool for taking some of the younger kids to school in the mornings. I had gotten up that morning and gotten myself out of bed when the alarm clock went off and I I got myself groomed and dressed and ate a bowl of cereal and made my own sack lunch and went across the street to the neighbor who was driving that day. I'd been doing that routine each morning since the first day of school because my mother had gotten up that first morning with me and very sternly laid out her expectations for how I was to do just that, get myself up and ready for school each day, and how I was not to disturb her. So, being an obedient child of the 60s, I did what I was told, and became quite self-sufficient in doing so. Not such a terrible thing in the scheme of things, really, except that I began to compare my experience to that of other kids I knew. And what happened that particular morning was that I got in the neighbor's car and we went to the next house a couple of blocks away. And when the car stopped curbside to wait for the little girl who lived there to come out, I could see her with her mother through their living room window. Her mother was putting a little knit hat on her daughter and tying it under her chin. Their faces were inches apart and the little girl was smiling as her mother's lips moved. Obviously, she was saying something that pleased her little girl. And then I saw them both walk to the front door. The mama opened the door and they stepped out onto the cement landing at the top of the front steps. Mama placed a lunchbox in in beloved little girl's hand and they hugged tightly. Mama, upon breaking the embrace, kisses her little girl on the cheek. Little girl walks down the steps, smiling as she approaches the waiting car. My eyes are on Mama, who stays outside on that frigid morning in her robe and slippers, hand on her heart as she watches her baby get into the car and we drive away. Mama doesn't turn back to go inside until the car turns the corner at the end of the block. Boy sitting next to me asks me why I have tears in my eyes. I want my mommy, I reply. Actually, what I wanted was her mommy. Mine would never grant me that kind of simple, joyful, nurturing affection. Not ever. From that moment on, I was always attuned to mother and child interactions of others who had that kind of ideal connection. It's not that I didn't also become acutely aware that some other mother and child interactions were of the negative and even violent kind. I was grateful I didn't have the beating kind of parents, for sure. Luckily, too, for me, I received authentic affection on frequent enough occasions from my father that I was spared from the complete disaster of the obliteration of self-esteem that might have easily taken hold if both parents had withheld their love from me. Nevertheless, 
There is something about the maternal bond that children crave. And no matter how much substitute love and affection they get from other people in their lives, it might be good, it might be helpful, but it isn't the same. And so began the endless search for other mothers. My friends' mothers, my teachers, my older sister. As I got older, my boyfriend's mothers, some of my female co-workers and bosses. When I got married, my mother's-in-law. Yes, that was plural. I've been married three times. Third time's a charm, they say. It's true in my case, anyway. The replacement mamas or other mothers that many people without moms go in search of are a subject for another episode. There's a lot to unpack as we explore this sensitive subject together. I hope I've given you some food for thought and that you'll join me next time on I Want My Mommy to talk more about being your own mother. Until then, this is your no-drama mama saying to you, remember to show up for yourself in every way. You are worthy of love, just as you are, always. Always.